structure, a structure, a structure of mystical and alien origin, emanating particles of abstract perspectives and reflection into the expansive nightscape to those who know where to listen. This is Monolith Demythos, the Monstro Studio Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Monolith Demythos, the Monstro Studio Podcast. Here with Manuel, that's me, and also here with Trace Bells, hey. that's you. Hey, hey. Episode 9? Yeah, that's right. Holy shit, we're almost at 10. Fine number 9. Fine number 9. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's going to be great. What you been up to lately? Uh, just kind of, just usual, just a lot of chilling, but also a lot of snooping around on different stuff. Looking a lot more into different forms of film camera, like mm-hmm. different film types. I have the one that you know of. It's the Canon AE one. Mm-hmm. I've had that for I think a year or two now. I got that on Halloween off of Craigslist. Yeah, I've been really getting into photography after film school. I guess because, like, trying to work on a film set is really stressful. Yeah. For me, at least. So that's why I moved more onto just editing. I've had the Canon AE-1 for a couple of years. Uh, it's been doing really well for me. But I haven't really been taking a lot of pictures on it lately. I guess I just needed, like, a little more excitement. I needed something different. And I found some videos on YouTube about medium film formats okay basically what that is is the camera i have now that i've been talking about it's it uses 35 millimeter film which is i think it's the same size as what most uh movies shot on film are in hollywood especially before the 2000 there's just something really interesting about like the analog uh photos yeah that you don't really get from uh, digital cameras or even from your phone, even if you have an app filter for it, so they can look more old, more antique. The camera I'm looking at right now that shoots 120 film is the Pentax 6.7. And it seems to be a particularly popular camera, mainly for, I guess, one particular lens that it uses. But I managed to yeah. find an eBay auction that is selling it for a lot, lot cheaper than a lot of other sellers on eBay mm-hmm. are putting them up. And I'm also uh, gearing, trying to get it by trying to post this video up by Friday or Saturday when the auction ends, so that nobody else tries to look at it. Are you already? Are you already having bids right now on? Uh, your- I don't have any bids on it yet, but I'm keeping an eye on it. I ha- I I know the eBay game. I, okay. I know what to look out for and when to uh, tap out. So I'll probably tap out at around like $300 because that's that's way too much. Even yeah. then, if it does get to that, I still have my fallbacks, which are the different sellers selling different stuff. Yeah. Interesting little camera too, the Pentax 6.7. And I had to be sure that I had to find like the right lenses, the right uh, body type, because I guess there's four different versions of the Pentax 6.7. And I'm going to list them off to you right now. They came out in different periods of time. I want to say from the 70s, maybe even the 60s, but I would say late 70s. The first one is the Pentax 6.7. So, you know, 
it's a really big bulky camera they're all really relatively the same they're just different by name and they all, and the lenses are interchangeable from each one of them which is really great right so some of the lenses are um, kind of hard to come by so that's the first one the pentax 67 and then later on they came out with the second iteration which is the pentax 67 and uh, the difference was i guess is just it, there's a mirror inside of it that it takes a picture of. I guess that's what makes it in an SLR, which I already forget what SLR means. But the image goes through into the lens, into the camera, it reflects off of a mirror. Actually, no, I take that back. The mirror is for the viewfinder. So it reflects it off the mirror so you can actually see what it's looking at. And then when it takes a picture, yeah. it moves the mirror out of the way really fast. So that the light goes into the lens, into the wow. camera, and onto the film. That sounds cool. And then, yeah. And I guess with the second iteration, what separates the uh, Pentax 6.7 from the Pentax 6.7 is that um, the mirror is not as loud or jittery when it um, moves out of the way of the film. Mm-hmm. So that's the second one, the uh, Pentax 6.7. And then they came out with a third one, which is the Pentax 6.7. And... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm not really too sure what the difference with that is. I think it's just a later model. Maybe they changed some of the dials or whatever. What is that one called again? The Pentax 6.7. The Pentax 6.7. Not to be confused with the Pentax 6.7 or the Pentax 6.7. Okay. And then finally, the fourth one they came out with is the Pentax 6.7 2. Is this all the same brand? It's all the same kind of camera. It's the same for kind some of- reason... <laughs> So, um, I'll, 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 I'll break the joke then. So, the first one is the Pentax 6X7. Okay. I guess it's a Japanese brand. I think Pentax is a Japanese brand. So, if you have an X, it's either refers to like a cross or you don't even say it. Mm-hmm. So, it'll, it'll say Pentax 6X7, but you pronounce it just 67, Pentax 67. And then the second one they came out with is it has no X. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> it, it's just Pentax 6, 7, like 67, but um, there's no X. Uh, but, it, but you don't say 67, you just say 6, 7. And then the fourth one, it, it has the X again. So the, the 6, 7, X, but with the, the Roman numeral 2. So it's 6, X, 7, I, I. I just thought it was really funny that there's four generations of cameras and three of them are called the 6, 7. Understanding like the the visibility and the uh, quality of it, uh, which do you prefer? I just prefer whatever is cheaper. <laughs> prefer whatever is cheaper. Uh, yeah, and it seems like um, I want to say it's the first one, the X, the six X seven is the one that I'm bid- um, looking at the auction for right now. So hopefully by the end of the week I'll get it. If not, I'll just get something um, a different auctioneer which i think is the same kind sounds good Mm-hmm. hopefully you get it so, yeah and on top of that i'm also looking to get my own developer kit so that's it on my end what have you been up to um i've been playing the the game spyro oh yeah and uh reunited trilogy the reunited trilogy um i think the first one i tried looking it up i think it came out in 1998 and mm-hmm. um that's old wow it was basically 
so Spyro and Crash Bandicoot were uh, battling each other to be number one on the 3D yeah. animation on PlayStation because mm-hmm. they were also battling Nintendo 64, right? Yeah. And they all wanted that 3D type shit. And Spyro and Crash Bandicoot were battling on PS1 while N- Nintendo 64 was already battling just itself trying to get mm-hmm. to that um, 3D type shit. But... Yeah. Over time, Nintendo 64 mastered that shit because they made the most best 3D games over time, you know. But um yeah, I was playing I was I've been playing the Spyro um uh trilogy, the uh, remastered version. And man, mm-hmm. what I tell you, it's uh it's the most funnest, frustrating game I've ever played in my life. Um <laughs> I don't understand why it's so frustrating. I feel like they added more difficult things, maybe more uh, more things to achieve. But mm-hmm. but I, I finished it all. It had nice. to do with YouTube. Uh, YouTube helped me a lot with everything. Yeah, YouTube's always coming in clutch. Just every, someone else has already done it, so you could learn from them. Exactly. How to do it. I just can't imagine 1998 through about 2000. I think that's when they finished them. I just can't imagine mm-hmm. going to YouTube because I don't think YouTube existed in uh, uh, those years. I don't think YouTube existed in, like, what, 2003 or four? Something? 2005. 2005? Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like, back then, 1998, you barely even had websites or forums to chat in. You have to chat through, like, a command prompt. Okay. Through your dial-up connection. So, you have, like, you have those, but you needed to know a lot about coding to access them. Mm. And it doesn't look as good as it, as it does now, or even in early two thousands when websites were just barely starting to pop off. Yeah, it was a uh, it, it it was a great experience. I, I had fun playing mm. with it because um, I only got to play the first one when I was a kid back in uh, mm. two thousand. So that's twenty years ago. I never got to play the second and third one because my parents couldn't afford it. But before mm. you know it, twenty years later, I could afford it. What does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, I finished all three games. I think it took me a total of... I posted on my Instagram earlier today. I think it was like 32 hours. Um, oh, wow. But that but that's nothing compared to Assassin's Creed. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I loved it. And it, it. I'm just surprised how much um, aggravation it caused me. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of stuff I, I could not find. And and you know what? I don't know if I even want to play this uh, Crash Bandicoot remastered version. Yeah, I hear that one's really hard. It was hard already, the... and back in the day, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I could... those old games they want you to get your money's worth, and they do that by just making the levels really hard to traverse. The controls aren't as tight as you want them, so mm-hmm. you just keep falling off the platforms over and over oh again. Oh my god! Until that, you, you know smash what? your controller through your CRT yes. or your bulbous TV. I was thinking about that too after I was finishing Spyro. I'm just like, I can't do Crash Bandicoot. I will not do it. I'm gonna get so mad at the damn game. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you play the fourth one that's coming out though? I, I, no, I have a balancing problem. <laughs> I don't think I could. Like Spyro was a little bit better at balancing, right? Mm-hmm. But in Crash Bandicoot, you have to be good at you have balancing, to be right on the platform. Yes, you can't be 
too close to the edge or you'll just fall off. You won't even land. Exactly. And I don't I don't want to throw my Xbox controller at the TV. <laughs> and Spyro almost made me do that because you know why? Because I had to play as other characters that which made me upset. Spyro mm-hmm. in the third game, you have to play as like three other characters and they're so frustrating because they're so they're they're bitches. They're they're not Spyro. They're not Spyro the Giant. You're playing a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! I almost lost my shit playing a kangaroo. <laughs> oh my god. He doesn't fly. I bet he just hops all over the place. I never had a game over, right? Playing all three yeah. games uh-huh. until I had to play the kangaroo. Oh shit! That's how many times <laughs> one part took me was playing a kangaroo. It's a game over, and it took me back to a certain part. I'm just like. I didn't. I had. I had to take a lot of deep breaths. Um, but yeah, it's all over now. You yeah, persevered. It's all over now, and uh, I finished it today. All three of them. Yeah. Would you recommend Spyro uh, Reignited Trilogy? Oh hell yeah! I would recommend it, but make sure you got to use YouTube because YouTube mm-hmm. is gonna play a big part in trying to find certain things because there's no way. You can do it on your own. Um, Even stuff earlier on when I was playing it, there was certain ledges that you had no idea how you're supposed to get off, get around it. Exactly. Land on. You just have to get the timing right. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would read some of the comments on the YouTube videos. I'm just like, I didn't realize how many other people were frustrated. Like yeah. on cer- in certain levels and certain jumps. Like, oh, I've been missing these 10 gems for the last 10, 20 minutes. So, yes, uh, if you're going to play Spiral, have your YouTube handy. Because <laughs> all you have to do is type in the level, and it's already written there. <laughs> so it's going to be great. You'll finish the game. Yeah, take care of you. Um, I love Spyro. I love Spyro so much, I might get a tattoo. I'm not joking. <laughs> I already told Manny yeah, about this earlier. Sick. Um, It might be a small... Dragon. Yeah, it might be a small one. It's going to be a small little dragon on my arm. <laughs> but other than that, uh, that's all I got to say about Spyro. I love it, play yes. it, live it, conquer it, and move on. Tattoo it. Yes, tattoo it. <laughs> now, did you watch anything while during your time, during your week? Oh, yes. Um, I started uh, Twin Peaks. Um, Finally, I think I've been telling you for a while that you this been, is something that would be up your alley. Yes, you've been telling me for a while, and I don't know some other weird, mysterious um, thing has been telling me. I know it wasn't social media. I know it wasn't YouTube. I don't. I don't think it was anything else. It was just you and like some weird, mysterious energy telling me to hey, mm-hmm. watch this show. You know what I mean? And it came mm-hmm. at a good time, too, when I started it. For as uh, successful as it is, it, had, it has a cult following. It turns the TV studios off from uh, David Lynch. I haven't really watched too much of season two, but I love season one. And that's as far as you got, right? Yeah, I just finished season one um, literally last night. Mm-hmm. Um, that's as far as I got. I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. What would you say is like your favorite moment from season one? I love the soundtrack 
first of yes. all. The soundtrack is just keeping me involved. I love it. I know it's uh, repetitive at times, at certain times, but it's doing that for a purpose, <laughs> right? Like it's it's doing its thing. Um, so I love the soundtrack. I love the um, the cinematography is uh, it's nice. Um, mm-hmm. it, it it chooses its spots where it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I like all that stuff. Uh, the actors. Um, it takes probably like episode three or four to finally get into them and to understand mm. where they're going and what their story yeah. is. And then you finally figure it out. And you, then you get to choose who your favorites are. Mm. So which is kind of nice. I like that. I love the FBI guy. Do you do you like mm. him as Agent well? Agent Cooper? Yeah. Agent Cooper loves his coffee and pie. I, I, like, I like how much he gets along with the uh, sheriff. Because I could have sworn, like, you know how, like, we have ego problems nowadays? Him and the sheriff, they get along just good. You know what I mean? And that's what's kind of nice. I like that they get along. I, I like how he how he's so positive about the town. But he's also mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, what the hell's going on here? Mm-hmm. But I noticed he, his energy did change around episode five. I think mm-hmm. when... Uh, the the high school girl showed up in his uh room his hotel room yeah um that's when it kind of changed things (laughs) he was not as talkative anymore after that um Mm -hmm. but i'm like he's still he's still doing his thing like he he, i i get what she was like she was like oh i like this fbi guy you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but um all that negative energy that was seeping under the town just started to affect him yeah yeah he knew that twin peaks was a nice place like a good like a little like foresty slice of americana but it Mm -hmm. has its own secrets just like everything else yeah and so we have uh something come up like a murder that it's not normal but then you start to see that it unlocks a lot of different things that were kind of hidden Maybe most of the part in plain sight, but uh, more uh, obscured. So you wouldn't expect. Do you do you know? Remember last time you watched it? Was it last year or something? I would say like a year, year and a half, I think. But I'm at but I'm at the same level where you are. I love the uh, the music. Uh, The acting is fun and quirky. Yes, Uh, I love the cinematography. I think they even filmed it on actual film. Which a lot of TV, I don't think TV shows, especially uh, melodramas, which Twin Peaks is kind of going for, but also in a sense parroting. Uh, they usually film on videotapes just so they can get uh, the shows on air quicker. But nope, David Lynch did it on film, so now we can get uh, Blu-rays of the digitized film, and they look great. What well, I think one of my favorite moments that. I love is when I think it was early on in the investigation he brought a bunch of sheriffs with him to the forest it was when uh, he was he was uh, throwing rocks at that glass he kept uh, naming suspects Uh, whatever name comes up when he throws a rock and it hits the glass yeah Yeah. he investigates which I thought was a really weird way to try to go about an investigation so before then I love the moment before then, though, when he takes a sip of the coffee, he spits it back down. He's just like, oh, damn, that's a fine damn cup of coffee. 
and hot. <laughs> Dude, the lines that he would come up guy. with, they're so great. They're mm-hmm. corny, but they were perfect. Yep. I don't know if that's David Lynch's writing or something or what. Yeah, I think he wrote the first three episodes. I, I want to say that comes up in episode three so, um, or two. How much involvement does David Lynch have in this show? He was, I think he might have also been a producer because he already made he's already made a name for himself at that point. Mm-hmm. But um, he directed the first three episodes and then like a few other random episodes throughout the whole series. Okay. He he basically had a through line. He already knew everything. He already knew who the killer was. He already knew like what would happen to certain characters and stuff. So yeah, that's all like David Lynch's uh, mind. Okay. His baby. Would you uh, look forward to watching season two? Do you think you'd be able to uh, oh, watch yeah. the rest of it? Hell yeah, I want to watch season two. Um, mm. After I get through season two, though, that's where it gets weird, right? Because he said the uh, third season's not till 2017. Yeah. So that's going to be a little weird. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to get so... Especially con- since season three, it's all... David Lynch. It's all under his control because Season I think three? he went to yep because I think he went to Showtime, mm-hmm. which is uh, not necessarily a table a TV studio, not necessarily a uh, cable company or a channel, but you know it's a subscription based channel, so you can get away with a lot more. David Lynch was still butting heads with them, you know, of course, because that's that's how he is. But he, I, I yeah. feel like he managed to get out what he wanted to do with that so and i already watched a few episodes of season three mm-hmm. or they, they call it um twin peaks uh, a limited series event just because it's uh, i think it's 19 episodes so already... that's 19 more episodes of season three of twin peaks so you're started season three you got three episodes in yep is it a is it kind of a lot different from Oh yeah, okay. Because you don't even yep. really see Agent Cooper until the the second episode, I think. Is it the same Agent Cooper? Yep. Oh, that's same gonna, actor. That's gonna be exciting. Although he's going through a lot of phases. That's gotta be exciting. Oh yeah. Don't tell me. I won't tell you a thing. Wait. Uh, tell me one thing though. Um, <laughs> is he still an FBI agent in the third season? It uh, no, not at first, but it looks like he gets back to it though. Ah, that's so maybe I, I think he gets back on the case. Maybe not as an FBI agent, but he does. I have seen him in like some ads that he's in a suit, just like he was before. All right, but that's a uh, Twin Peaks season one. So the movie I saw recently is one called "Sorry to Bother You." It came out in 2018, and. I guess it was it's been on my Hulu watch list for some time but I finally got around to it and again it's one of those cases where I wish I would have seen this sooner because wow I was not expecting what I saw going into it so it's directed by someone named Boots Riley yeah Boots also Riley. written by him too uh he it doesn't seem like he's done much other feature films mm-hmm. I think sorry to bother you is his only credited one but seems like he's been around i wish he would make more stuff he might be working on something else so i'd definitely be looking forward to see what he's up to yeah and 
It stars uh, Lakeith Stanfield. I easily recognized him from um, Get Out. He's the guy that actually yells Get Out in the movie. And uh, in this movie, he's the main character. He plays um, as Cash Green or Cassis Green. And, you know, it's like one of those I see what you did there moments kind of things. This movie has a lot of that. And he plays uh, a guy who needs to who needs to find a job to pay his uh, landlord money. Who's also his uncle. He's living in his garage. <laughs> yeah, so he gets a job as a telemarketer. And yeah. from there on, he starts to get promotions. He starts to level up. Oddly enough, the telemarketing company that he works for, uh, when he levels up, he works for the sellers that sell. The, the kind of like skeezy stuff you hear about uh, people selling on the dark web. Only they're doing telemarketing phone calls with it. Like uh, they'll sell you slaves, they'll sell you missiles oh, wow. and drugs and all these kind of all this crazy stuff. Jeez. So it has this underlying uh, kind of commentary satire to it, and it goes into like one percent Illuminati uh, conspiracy kind of things. But while doing that, it also does other stuff like it kind of critiques on kind of late 2000s pop culture uh, in relation to things like uh, news uh, that that we get on the TV as well as social media, uh, memes and viral videos. There's a part of the movie where as... uh, uh, Cash is going to his work. Uh, the lower levels uh, employees that he used to work with start uh, striking because they want to have better benefits, better pay. So he has to walk by everybody that he basically sold out so he could get this higher position. And someone throws a can at his head and she yells, Smile and have a cola, bitch, <laughs> or something like that. And from there on, somebody uh, actually caught cell phone video of that, and they put it online, and it blew up. And the woman that threw the soda can even gets her own soda commercial with the slogan "Smile and have a Coke, bitch." It's basically just wow. like that one uh, Kylie Jenner Pepsi commercial where she walks up to the cops <laughs> during a protest and gives them a Pepsi. You remember that shit? Uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> so that moment reminded me of that. So I'm pretty sure it came that happened around the same time too. Mm-hmm. So this movie is very on point with that, as well as um, there's a riot that goes on between the protesters and um, some riot people. So I'm like, okay, this is way this is hitting way too close to a 2020. Yeah. The only thing that um, it didn't get right was the uh, the uh, lockdowns. You may have. Uh, benefits with your job but if you're not doing your job anymore you're not getting those benefits so that's not good <laughs> so that's where it's just like okay that didn't that actually didn't work out <laughs> yeah I guess but, um, I, I, but i won't knock the movie down for that overall and um the overall the movie is great there's a lot of crazy twists and turns even one towards the uh two-thirds of the way in mm-hmm. that comes out of nowhere and yeah that's sorry to bother you. Um, so it has a uh, 6.9 out of 10 mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. IMDb. Um, would you like to uh, rate that movie? 
I feel the same way about it. Keep it at a seven. Seven? Or round it up to a seven. I would say that this is uh, the kind of movie that is good to show to mm-hmm. someone who's new to um, unconventional like stories. Yeah. Yeah, overall, it's just a fun movie. Just like some little uh, first-time feature issues, but that's okay. The overall movie is still really fun. And mm-hmm. also a great introduction to uh kind of movies that whose like narratives and uh the way it presents itself is uh unconventional unusual so yeah great time great time watch it on hulu and then uh we watched a movie this weekend drunken master uh jackie chan it's just you know what i thought was weird was um a lot of people say that like jackie chan copied off bruce lee but it's at the same time it's like Jackie Chan had his own style going on. He, like, he had a comedy style, mm-hmm. right? It was not mm-hmm. the same thing yeah. what Bruce Lee was doing. Bruce Lee was very serious. Honestly, I wasn't expecting it watching these um, older Jackie Chan movies because I always thought all the comedy stuff that he did was just uh-huh. for Hollywood. But no, he does a lot of uh, comedy kung fu and I guess that's his kind of specialty not only um, with great choreography great fighting that he all takes care of himself he all um, sets it up himself but he makes it entertaining and fun to watch and you're just on the edge of your seat just waiting to see what happens next next and um, that's how I felt watching the drunken master I didn't check to see how long it was mm-hmm. when we started watching it and it felt almost like a three-hour movie and it, not in the sense that it was dragging on but just it, the pacing was kind of mm-hmm. weird it set that up but um i didn't really mind it because i just wanted to keep watching because there's just uh like hilarious fight scene yeah. after fight scene even in between the fight scenes there was some really funny stuff like Jackie Chan, like trying to um, like steal all that food on the restaurant. Yeah. And then and him trying to woo that one girl that turned out to be his cousin. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I think it's also kind of wild that uh, Jackie Chan uh, stepped in the spotlight right after uh, Bruce Lee has passing away. It's almost mm-hmm. like we had to get a next America. America had to get its next Asian. Mm-hmm. Um actor fighter actor you know what i mean yeah and they went right away they're so quick mm-hmm. with it yeah but i don't want to say with that it wasn't up until the 90s that he started getting noticed by hollywood oh jackie as, chan i want to say a lot of his better movies are um his like 70s mm-hmm. and 80s ones because they're they're just so different and you can feel that it's so different in the sense that it's more entertaining because Jackie Chan knew uh, what to get out of the uh, the movies that he mm-hmm. was leading in. Like one of the things uh, I will say about Drunken Master is that there wasn't an initial goal, end goal for the movie. The whole movie is kind of building up to that because we're just kind of following the arc of this character who's kind of just... Uh, um he's talented but he's also um really lazy in that he doesn't want to advance up so he just stays in the kind of uh intermediate um 
uh, Kung Fu um, Academy or classes yeah. or whatever. And so he goofs around a lot and he gets in trouble until finally he gets uh, into that weird quarrel with his cousin that he didn't realize that they were related. And his dad goes off on him and tells him that he needs to basically learn mm-hmm. discipline and uh, better his character. So he goes to send him off to train with his uncle, who turns out to be a uh, a really well-known martial artist. But he's also a drunk. That's pi- He's pissed right. drunk all the time. And that was what helps him uh, master yeah, his I kung fu. Yeah, I wish it was like that with everybody. That'd be great. Yeah, it was also really funny too because it started off as a funny bit, just like oh, that's funny. He's only really good when he's drunk, but he actually develops his own style of martial arts through it, and it's just like, well, okay, he's got something going on here. Yeah, like his own style. Right? This is not just like a bit anymore. Drunken mm-hmm. style going on, mm-hmm. and which could defeat people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it actually that's works. The funny thing about it. <laughs> I, I like that too. Mm-hmm. I like that um, he created his yeah. own style, and uh, it was the drunken master style of the the eight yes. drunken gods. Well, I'm not gonna name any of them because I don't. Really, That's okay. <laughs> I don't remember. He, he, people got YouTube; they can look for it. And uh, what else did you like about drunken I just, master? I liked how um, how much comedy it had into it. Um, I I didn't yeah. I didn't think. Almost it would be non-stop. that uh, comedy-wise when it had so much seriousness too, but it was like comedy right off the bat, like it's like from start to mm-hmm. finish. Like I know it had its like serious moments, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's just like even the combat had like some comedy into it, and you you mm-hmm. still don't see that nowadays when it comes to fighting like what no. they did. Like that that's mm-hmm. just a so much different style. Like I don't even know what to call it. It's like comedy fighting style, you know what I mean? And uh that was mm-hmm. I, I like comedy I like what I said earlier. Yeah, I like comedy, comedy kung, kung fu. fu. It's so unique. Calling and it that, that was so it was so <laughs> nice. It was like uh, that's how you can mm-hmm. get a lot of people involved in watching an old film. And um I, I think mm-hmm. more karate films and in the future should do that type of stuff i feel like jet lee might have been mm-hmm. like the last person to do type stuff like that but um i i don't oh, know yeah. i have to watch more of a 2020 type uh karate yeah film. but i know jet lee was trying to like um mm-hmm. he he's not he's not as comedy though you know what i mean he's, he's more serious fights yeah because jackie chan knows mm-hmm. what he's going for and uh, when it comes to you know being funny he always tries uh to see what's he always takes the situation find what's uh, around him quite literally he'll have him his character and other people fighting with uh chairs tables ladders yeah all the weapons like, around food whatever he can use crazy stuff and um not only that, he also knows how to just properly display it so you get see all the action yeah. and feel it. One of the things I've noticed uh, in the editing was that there was a lot of uh, long takes in the fight. I would say on average that um, 
during the fight scenes, each shot was around 10 seconds, which is really a long time, especially when you have fists and objects and kicks going around and all these crazy maneuvers. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, when it changes, it did this a lot too, when it changes uh, to a different shot, it starts out zoomed in to a specific point so you know what to focus on and then it quickly zooms out so you can see the whole fight. But your eyes are already focused on where Jackie wants you to look at. And I don't know, I don't, I, it might have been his idea, it might have been the director, because I know uh, Jackie Chad, he'll direct uh, yeah. movies sometimes, but he, he's all, um, when he's the lead, he's usually uh, more involved with the choreography. Uh, I guess that might also entail cinematography as well. But I just loved um, how he uh, uh, goes about it like that. How he's able to convey all that. That's the way I look at it. Is like um, his fight scenes and like, like no, I want to be it filmed this way. I gotta head it. I gotta have it hit this way. I gotta turn around, do a three sixty, and hit it that way. Mm-hmm. Right, like the director's not gonna oh, yeah. see it in that way, or the writer, or any of that stuff. It's gonna be him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jackie yeah. has this all figured out, and he's able to get everybody on his level, so that it comes out. Dude, that's gonna perfect. be such a tough job. To not only do that, but um, just do the choreography of the fight scenes. Do the mm-hmm. do those on and top then of worry it. about the film at the same time. Um, that's just what you call Jackie Chan as a legend. And yeah, that's pretty much what I've uh, most uh, the bulk of what I've had to say Drunken about Drunken Master. Master. It was a good old breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Like a little light on the story, but the characters are fun, uh, just as fun as the action scenes. Yeah. And yeah, um, I would love to see more and more Jackie Chan movies. So far, I've seen um, uh, this one, Drunken Master, and uh, the first uh, Police Story movie. Drunken Master has a uh, seven point five out of ten on IMDb. Mm-hmm. What would you like to rate it? I was kind of stuck between eight and eight and a half mm-hmm. but i'll probably just have to go with an eight because mm-hmm. like i said i love the cinematography and the fighting flawless uh i just wish that the story had a little more direction yeah i understand that we're kind of following the um arc of this character um how he um learns about humility and to fight for others instead of um, fighting for himself selfishly. Yeah. But we don't really get to any conflict until about the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. So that's just really it. Um, well, I'm going to have to go with a... Uh, I'm going to have to go with a 7 out of 10. Uh, oh, yeah? It's still up there. Okay. I, I, I have to go with the seven. Mm-hmm. Um, the seriousness of it wasn't there to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think it should have been, but um, maybe that was caught later. It was it was kind of goofy. A lot of Looney Tune sound effects in it, which I was surprised by. Yeah. And uh, it being a 1978 film, um, you know, it, it's hard to talk. Uh, it's hard to like, give it a score because uh the time that it came out you know mm-hmm. 19 you can i guess you can also say that like um like why i love like the um the way that the camera moves and the editing uh because it was probably a lower budget movie they didn't have as uh 
uh, like nicely quality cameras because you do have some scenes, even some shots that don't look as good as others. Yeah. Like I want to say that, like I want from memory, I want to say that Police Story looked better than uh, Drunken Master looked. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know that's just more of a technical thing. Even despite that, I still really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it was still a fun movie. Um, Everybody should check out Drunken Master and whatever Jackie Chan movie he leads. So that was it on Drunken Master, as well as Twin Peaks. Yeah. And Sorry to Bother You. Yep. Or Sorry to Bother You, more specifically. Yes. And yeah, and that's it for episode 9 of Monolith to Mythos. So thank you everybody for listening and be sure to check us out next time when we talk about more uh, stuff we saw, movies, games, eBay auctions, what have you. Experiences. And all of our obsessions. Yes, sir. So thank you again for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.